Design You Podcast, Episode 43. Hi guys, it's Tina Murray here and welcome to the Design You Podcast. I've been working for a year or so now with the Africa Sunrise Foundation and we work with schools to help educate kids. But there's a bigger point for this um, and why I became very involved is because most of the schools that we work with don't have toilets and this affects education in more ways than you would ever, ever have imagined. So for instance, at one of the schools where there is someone in the community who will let the students use their toilet, the teacher has to leave the classroom with a child every time they need to go to the bathroom. So it means one child going to the toilet is leaving 29 kids unattended in a classroom. And so imagine if this keeps happening throughout the day, the long-term effects that has on the education levels of some of those kids in that classroom. I'm also really passionate about it because unfortunately menstruating girls often won't attend school because they've got nowhere to change for that week a month when they have their period. So imagine that, missing a quarter of your schooling and the long-term implications of that. So I support Africa Sunrise Foundation. I go out and speak about it. If you would like me on your show or to come to your community to have a chat with you about it, I would love to do that. And also, please jump on our Facebook page. It's Africa Sunrise Foundation and like and support us so you can see the good work that we're doing to bring education to kids in Ghana. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Alessia Pandolfi. Alessia is an online business strategist who helps ambitious female entrepreneurs go from overwhelmed to organized by creating systems that work without them. She's all about running a business online smoothly and in the easiest possible way. She is crazy about integrations and automations and since the devil is in the details, she is always looking for the best possible solutions for her clients. She's Italian but after many years traveling around Europe for work and study, she has settled in Finland for love. Join me as I chat with Alessia about going from overwhelmed to organized. Hi, Alessia. Thank you so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? Great. I'm feeling really great and thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Now, I do want to get into your business side, but as you know, I'm all about people designing the life that's right for them. And I got to talk to you first up about moving from Italy to Finland for love. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that's how um, basically that's how my whole business actually happened, and it was because of that. I mean, I wasn't new to moving for study and work. I moved to Ukraine, Russia, Latvia, Malta, Spain, and that's it, I think, yeah. <laughs> and um, But it was always temporary. So mm. it was like it has never been something like, oh, okay, I'm moving and I don't know if and I'm ever going to be back. So this was actually yeah, the, the, the big difference between Uh, where I moved in in the past and then this experience to coming to Finland it was the big difference that I just decided to come here 
and uh, because my boyfriend is Finnish mm-hmm. and we met in my hometown when he came on exchange oh. and um, after a year and a half I was just so fed up with meeting every two or three months and my my hometown it's rather small so I should have anyway moved to find a job right so then I was like okay then I can move there you know I I I should move anyway so then it doesn't make a difference if I move to Rome or Milan or whatever else or I move to Helsinki so. <laughs> so there's a slight language difference between Rome and Helsinki <laughs> there is indeed there is indeed yeah yeah actually I don't speak any Finnish I understand something but luckily it's one of those countries at least like in Helsinki and the bigger cities where you can just go with English because everyone speaks English so that's great because <laughs> mm, it'd be very isolating if you couldn't communicate yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be much, much, much harder. But also, I um, I rarely work with Finnish clients. Most of my clients are in in the UK. In I've, I've got a couple of clients in New Zealand, uh, in Singapore, in the US. So it's literally I don't need Finnish. No. For now. <laughs> and it doesn't matter where you're working. You can, with people all around the world, modern technology. Yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. fantastic. But you teach yeah. people how to work with actually not having to be in their business. If you're coaching people, though, obviously you it comes from you. You need to be able to be there. So tell us more about how that works. Yeah, I mean, basically what I do is, um, so I'm a tech expert. So what I do is to um, help my clients uh, to actually focus on what they love the most and. Um, just leave the tech to me in the shortest, you know, in the simplest way. Um, most of my clients, they come to me because they want to, uh, for example, have an online course or they want to host a virtual summit. Mm-hmm. But um, the tech system behind for them is just way too overwhelming. Sure. And what I do is just to take care of of that. So making sure that everything works smoothly and I only focus on tech so my clients can exclusively exclusively focusing on creating content or if it's a virtual summit just getting the speakers and promoting actually uh, the summit which it, I mean after all is the most important part mm. um, so that's basically like in a nutshell that's what I do so I take care about the, the tech and obviously what I like to think and what I've seen from the feedbacks of my clients is that um me helping them actually means that they can spend more quality time with their families, with their friends, or just like actually working on what they love the most of their business. And that actually gives me a lot of, um, a lot. I mean, it makes me really, really proud. <laughs> and that's the point because unfortunately for entrepreneurs, especially when they're starting out, they need to be a jack of all trades. And as you said, like they've gone into their business because they're really good and really passionate about one area of expertise. And often that's not the technical side. And so you must be an absolute dream for them to be able to just pass it all over to you and go, let me do my bit, you do yours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, tech sometimes can be really uh, difficult. And sometimes it's, it's actually just a matter of being patient. For example, dealing with the customer service because sometimes it happens that 
some some stuff is just beyond my understanding and the only way is just to get in touch with the customer service because there might be some tech gremlins attack at some point (laughs) and and you know it may be just an internal conflict but it's um it's important to understand when it's an internal or conflict problem they have or when it's something that you are doing wrong mm-hmm. so that's one of the most important thing that when you're able to understand if it's on you or if it's on them then you know it saves you a lot of time oh, for sure and so you obviously were looking to be able to create your own business to be able to work from Helsinki. As you said, you needed to get out of your town to be able to work anyway. So how did this come to you that this is what you were going to do? Was it a quick process? You knew exactly what you were doing or was it a gradual process? I have to say I was quite lucky because um, just before moving here, I had uh, I landed like um, a freelance job as a virtual assistant. It was only a few hours per month, but in a way that kick-started everything. So at the beginning, when I took on that job, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it for now. And then when I'm there, I will look for a job and then see how, like if I keep, I can keep them both. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after being here for... Um, about a couple of months applying every single day and looking for a job and really being really stressed and frustrated because um, obviously English is it's widely spoken, but obviously there is also a lot of competition for those positions that are only in English. Sure. Um, because it's a really multicultural city and there are a lot of students coming on exchange and then they decide to stay because the, the education is so good that once you are in the university, it's actually worth staying. Mm-hmm. So then I just got fed up and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to, to try uh, with being self-employed because after two months, I didn't even manage to, for example, open a bank account or get a SIM card because I always needed the identification number mm-hmm. and I didn't have it because I didn't have have a job so I was stuck in that spiral of just being stuck there and I didn't know what to do and then I just decided that okay I thought I have never thought to be an entrepreneur or to be self-employed because I consider myself to be absolutely not the person who could run her own business I was to that point that okay either I take this step or then I just you know just be happy with being frustrated and keep looking for a job. You know, just accept it because that's how it is. And I decided just to take the leap and uh, and hope for the better. <laughs> but you'd be no worse off because just giving it a go, you could still yeah. be looking for jobs. Like it wasn't like you were giving up something to to take that step. So it's yeah. it's great really that it, catapulted you in a way that you hadn't thought into something that you're obviously passionate about your eyes light up every time you talk about it and so you know do you look back at that and go wow that was amazing that that happened I've just fallen into this yeah 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 definitely I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for anything Mm. because now I can uh oh sorry no sorry go on no I mean I I I mean that um 
now I can go home and see my family and friends every three or four months. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I would be stuck in a nine to five, I, I couldn't really do that. And I should choose like between uh, Christmas holidays and summer holidays, for example. So mm-hmm. that's that's the best. I mean, all I need is my laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. So. Yeah, that's true. It's given you that flexibility to, for the important things that are important for you. And how yeah. moving to a whole new city where you obviously know your partner, were there other people that you knew or was he really the only person that you knew in Helsinki? It, he wasn't the only person I, I knew in the um, in the like in a strictly way because obviously I knew um, his family, his sister, and some of his friends. Mm-hmm. But it was more of uh, like a circle of acquaintances that I couldn't really rely on mm-hmm. because obviously it was the, you know their friends and here in Finland it's. Um, uh, it's it's very different. Like the relationship between people, it's much different and, and in a way a bit colder. Mm-hmm. Much colder. If you compare it to Italy, yes. much, much colder. So I didn't even know at the beginning what I could ask and what wasn't appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, yeah, my, my network was really, really, really small. Mm. And how do you navigate through that? Because I'm always so impressed with people who move to a new culture. And as you said, there is diff- big differences, even though you're, you're both European, just the difference in the cultures is, is big in the way you relate to each other, the way you touch each other. There's so many differences. So I really admire people who do that. How do you navigate through that? Do you just ask questions, be prepared to make a fool of yourself? Like what are the things that sort of helped you to find your way bit by bit through that? Well, basically, I mean, I have to say that, yeah, my boyfriend was really helpful and um, thank God he belongs to the Swedish minority because, and, and that means that he is um, much more open and talkative and, uh, yeah, in a way warmer than the the average Finnish person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously he explained me how things work here between people. Um, and that was really helpful. But then again, I mean, I was in the past, I was in Latvia, in Russia, in Ukraine, and these other places where I, I got used to dealing with a new culture. True. Um, which is obviously um, sometimes involves a working culture. Sometimes it's just um, like culture of relationship between people, whether it is in a daily life or a working life, doesn't make much difference. But um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to those multicultural trainings I did, um, and and, uh, and also the training that. When I was in Ukraine, we had often some trainings on how to deal with cultural shock. Mm. So those were really interesting and, and useful, I have to say, yeah. What sort of things but did you learn? Also, um, it's actually, um, uh, it's divided in stages. So the first thing you learn is that there are different stages. And the first one, if you haven't traveled often it's to say oh god I don't like it here the people are weird 
like everything is different. My country, my culture, it's it's much better. And but actually, it's just because you've grown up with that. Mm-hmm. So it's not a matter of being better or worse. It's mm-hmm. just a matter that you you don't know what is outside. So you consider your own culture easier or better in a way. But the truth sure. is that you're just accustomed to that, and it's easier to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So it's divided in different stages. I I think from the training, I think it was maybe five or six stages so the first one being the the rejection of the hosting culture and the latest one was just um being completely accustomed and acquainted with the with the culture as uh, up to feeling completely um in flow in the hosting culture um but um one of the interesting um, experiences uh, of, of these trainings is uh, uh, that we were actually coming from different places in the world. So it was uh, um, intercultural sure. shock training <laughs> with people from everywhere in the world. So it was really interesting because you actually had to uh, to deal with, the, with different people from different cultures and different languages within the training so it was when you were about to go to sleep or to eat together or prepare breakfast together and you could really see the differences and and the attitude and and um yeah just the relation between the 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 people how how it changed how different it was Mm. really interesting yeah and that obviously helps you with working with all the different people around the world that you do because you've got a slightly bit different understanding about okay just they're different and how can I help you? But when you're actually working with them to put together their technical side, uh, is there even things culturally that technically when you're putting together, say, a webinar or something for someone that you need to consider, like the number of times you get in touch with someone, all those touch points, are there different things between different countries you're seeing? Mm, I believe, yeah, there are there are differences but... Um when I work with a client, I tend to um, to communicate quite often mm-hmm. because um, I feel that working away from each other, so we're working remotely and I'm working from home and maybe from a different country than my client, it's, it's, I don't know, 12 hours ahead of me, <laughs> for example. I really think that it's important to be in touch and communicate. So um, what I always tell them is that I'm going to keep them up to date with every progress I made um, via a project management system. So I'm not cluttering their inbox mm-hmm. and they are free to check what is what has been going on. So if they feel they need more control, they can always go there and check what is what has gone what, what has been going on. And if you are if they are more relaxed they can go in like once a week or every two weeks and see how things are going. So I found this way of merging <laughs> a bit, uh, the at least the communication aspect to, to make it balanced from, for everyone. Mm. Yeah. And because that's the thing, you, you, I mean, different people work differently, different people have different levels of trust, ability to pick that, up, that trust up quickly or whatever. So yeah makes sense to use technology to to make it as easy as possible yeah absolutely absolutely i mean i i wouldn't be doing this job if it wouldn't be for uh, the level of technology that we have today so true yeah. so 
50 years time, where would you see yourself? Wow, 15 years time? Five zero. Hmm. This is, uh, uh, this is a really hard question. God, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I would probably see myself somewhere in the countryside of Finland, living in a kind of isolated tree house with a cottage and on the lake. <laughs> I don't know, really, really um, living close to the nature because here the nature is really beautiful and at that point in time, I wish I could just live close to there and have a lot of books and a lot of dogs <laughs> and travel as much as possible because hopefully I won't be working at that time anymore. So That sounds pretty beautiful. In fact, I think I might come and visit you there. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is that I, I'm an introvert, so I really need my own space to, to recharge my energy. So... That's really important for me to have a balance between having a lot of nature surrounding me with squirrels and, and bunnies running around <laughs> and deers, but also being close to, to the city. So it's kind of at, uh, like with a car, maybe doable to go to the cinema and be social. So a bit of balance, but still the beautiful wooden house with sauna and cottage on the lake. It's just. <laughs> it's it sounds pretty amazing and what I love about what you're saying is that comes back to you recognizing that you're an introvert and that you need that like you you're happy to go out when you choose but it's nice to have your own space and I love it when people can recognize what it is that they need and they can create their life around it which you've already done with your job really <laughs> yeah and actually uh, about the introversion thing this is really interesting because um I think until maybe a year and a half ago or barely a year ago, I wasn't really aware of that being an introvert means that you actually need your own space to be alone on your own just to recharge your energy. Mm -hmm. And then I, I read a couple of books on the topic and I was like, oh my God, all my life, I thought there was something wrong with me that I wanted to leave parties earlier because I just felt overwhelmed. And actually, no, that's just my nature. Just, that's just how I am. That, okay, nice to go to the parties when I feel like it. Mm -hmm. But then I need time, a lot of time off on my own just to get my energy back. And that's mm -hmm. totally fine with that. And I love that you've mentioned that because if you've felt like that, that means there's a lot of other people who also probably feel the same way. So I love that you've now recognised that and realised that there's a whole team of you out there who will probably never talk to each other about it and maybe because <laughs> you won't go into a room together. Yeah. But, but it, you are normal. It, it's your normal and that, that's, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I'm in the right country because Finland, it's, uh, it, it, apparently, it's the, um, it's the country with most uh, introverts. Mm. And the whole, the whole society is actually based on respecting each other's um, spaces. So, okay, then it gets to a bit of extreme things that um, if you're in the bus, or in the metro, and there is a free seat next to you. If it's a very, very introvert person or an extremely, you know, strict person, then 
the other one isn't going to sit down next to you and they prefer to stand. So it gets to this level that there is a really deep respect of each other's spaces and um, and respect of each other. So um, you don't really hear a lot of noise in the public transport mm-hmm. um, because people tend really to respect each other. And obviously it's a public space, so you don't want to be too noisy because otherwise you are un- unrespectful to other people. Sure. So apparently I'm in the right country. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find that going to parties, it was the noise as much as everything else that took away your energy or explain that to me a little bit more if you don't mind? It was the noise and it was also that because of a lot of noise and a lot of people, I couldn't have a proper conversation with the people I was talking to. Mm. And then when I understood more about the whole introversion thing, I understood that we tend to prefer one-to-one conversation rather than um, a group conversation. Mm. And that at that point, everything made sense because, yes, parties are noises, but I also have this, um, I used to have this uh, feeling of overwhelm because I, I couldn't talk to to the person I, I was facing because of the noise, because of constantly people coming and asking things and bringing something. And yeah, then get really messy. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's even just listening to you talk about it. It's, it's making me feel for you <laughs> and other introverts in that. Cause it is, there's a lot of overwhelm and confusion in amongst that. And I take it when you're saying you, you really prefer a one-on-one conversation, it's because you actually want to get to some depth. You really want to be able to really understand the person more. It's not just the the niceties that people talk about at parties. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, these chit-chats, you know, talking about the weather, it's like, oh, my God, no, do I have to do it? No, seriously, come on, let's talk about your life, what you're passionate about, you know, what is important for you, not, not the weather. It's like, no, oh, come on. Yeah. Well, I, while we're on that, tell me what you are passionate about. Um, well, when you don't find me working on some um, online course or membership site, then I, I am always doing something with my hands. So whether it's knitting, sewing, doing crochet, cross stitch, or, (laughs) you know, painting uh, with watercolors, um, I I really just need a break and to do things with my hands. Nice. uh, Yeah. And has that been something that you've always done or since you've become to understand yourself more, you've, you've realized and you've given yourself almost permission to go and do that. It's not being lazy yeah. or whatever term we want to put on it. It's actually special yeah. time for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it, it's funny because it came out after I started to work so much with the, with the computer and with tech stuff. Then I just realized that, okay, I need to get away. I need, just to forget about computer and tech stuff on my free time. And I just do need to do things with my hand. And I would tell you more. In the past, yeah, I was um, into, for example, knitting and doing some painting and so on. But I would always um, get quite fed up 
with the fact that I wasn't being consistent. So I didn't manage to keep it, you know, for example, every day um, or at least a couple of times a week because I just felt the need of changing. And I was kind of beating myself up for that. It was like, oh, come on, I want to do knitting, but then I start the project and then I don't finish it. But then now it's just, okay, I have a lot of resources here at home. I have cotton threads, I have woolen threads, I have crochet, I have a lot of uh, knitting needles, I have um, watercolors and, and paper and everything. Whatever I feel like doing, I just do it. If one day it's crochet, then I do it. The next day it's painting, why not? I mean, I'm just enjoying the process because I know it's it's for myself. It's for yeah. um, for feeling good about my free time. So it has nothing to do with being consistent or with, with um, having a, a project that I want to run from the beginning to the end. Because when I have, for example, now here I have uh, some paintings that I, I, I made and those were projects and I, I began them, I researched and I finished them and now they're hanging on the wall. But if it's just for feeling good and just taking a break, then whatever I feel like doing, it's, it's great. And it doesn't matter anymore if it's one day one thing and the other day I forget about it and I do something else. <laughs> I love that because it's taken away the the need to get stuff finished. It's about this is what I feel like I need to do right now. And it's sort of, I don't know what word to use. It's almost like therapy time. It's like this is time for me to regenerate and reboot myself. I love it. Yeah, that's totally like that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going to leave, oh, first of all, where, how can we get in touch with you? Um, best way it's either on LinkedIn um, or then my website and both go with my name, which is alessiapandolfi.com. And uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn or my website. Perfect. And if you were going to leave some message for the Design New community about how to design their best life, what would it be? It would be to um, acknowledge and accept the fear and that state of anxiety that you don't know how it's going to be because I'm a very organized person and I like planning. But if I wouldn't have taken that step a couple of years ago, I, I don't know where I would be now. Maybe I would be stuck in a nine to five and I have no chance to go home and see my friends and family and travel as much as I, as I want. So if I would have been stuck in that feeling of anxiety and fear and uh, that I have when I can't plan, mm -hmm. then I, don't, I really don't know where I would be. So I would say, yeah, the most important thing would just be just accept the fear, accept the, the anxiety. And if you can't plan it, if you're like me, then you freak out if you can't plan, you know, just breathe and you will see how it goes. If you don't like it, you can always turn back and go a different way. That's true. I, what I love about that is so often we think we've got to make a decision and then that's the only decision and that's it. We're, we're stuck with it. But you're right. You can take, take some steps towards something. And if it doesn't work the way you thought it was, things have changed. You can change your mind and regroup and go somewhere else. Totally. Absolutely. That's perfect. What a lovely way to end. Thank you so much for your time today, Alessia. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> me too. Thank you. 
A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.